Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Kick off NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up with promo code 2400 to get in on the action, and then you can turn game day into payday all season long. And the best part, take that 150 in free bets. There's big games every weekend, ones you'll have big opinions on, and you can get on your way. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You name it. FanDuel's got more markets than anybody. You can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code 2400. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non-withdrawable. Free bets that expire in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. When T-Mobile says we've got you covered, we mean it. We've invested billions to light up our best network yet, covering 99% of people in America. And great coverage is just the beginning. Every year, families and small businesses can save up to 900 bucks versus Verizon when they switch to T-Mobile. There's never been a better time to switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store and switch today. Coverage is not available in some areas. Savings with four lines based on analysis of Verizon and T-Mobile national postpaid smartphone bills, rate plan features, taxes and fees, and savings may vary. See details at T-Mobile.com. Presented by T-Mobile. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick, co-host of the Ravens post game on 105.7 The Fan. Yeah, I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the beat, Ravens beat reporter for that same station. And you have to excuse me, Cordell and everybody, because my voice is a little hoarse. I, I did make the trip to the Meadowlands to uh, come to the game to see the Ravens and the Jets in person. 
So you got to, I got a little raspy, smelly cat voice. He was a fan today. <laughs> yes, I was being a fan today. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's just what they got, what you got to do. You know what I mean? You got to, got to see what's going on. I had to see, no, this is what happened for now. I had to see what was going on in person. Right. I needed to see, I needed to be there and see what was happening because, you know, you and I went to training camp, didn't see a lot of the guys in the preseason. So I had to see for myself what this defense was going to look like. And I don't want to overreact, but I, mm -hmm. I think we should talk about, you know, what we saw from an offensive perspective and a defensive perspective. Let's start, let's start with defense first. Let's, let's, let's just go ahead and start with defense first. Um, I thought that the defense played really, really well, particularly uh, the front four. And um, Calais Campbell did really well. Justin Houston came in and made some plays. And Justin Meta Beacon, did you yeah. see that one coming? I was hoping it would. I can't say I saw it coming, but I was <laughs> hoping it was coming. I was hoping it was coming. Made some good plays, obviously. Uh, the secondary played well. I really liked what I saw from Mike McDonald's defense. So tell me what you saw, Cordell. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we knew what the Jets' uh, offensive weakness was going to be this week. It was going to be on the offensive line. Uh, Dwayne Brown not being able to practice at all this week. It made it so that the Jets didn't have a starting left tackle going into this game. So neither one of these teams had a real legit left tackle today. And we'll get to the Ravens situation in a second. But uh, at least with the Jets, like I said, this set up for a perfect situation for this Ravens pass rush. It was the biggest question coming into uh, this season. And I'm not going to, I'm not ready to say those questions were answered today because again, this was a Jets offensive line that wasn't really, you know, a starter caliber offensive line. Uh, this isn't an elite offensive line by any means. And you have Joe Flacco back there who really can't move. So this was kind of like, okay, it's, if, if you're not going to be able to get pressure today, then it, it's literally never going to happen. And thankfully it did happen. And I've been saying really all off season, I can't say I've been right about everything, but one of the things I've been right about was this defensive line. I, I, I yes. said this defensive line was going to be legit. I said that you were going to be able to get pressure from some of your middle guys. Michael Pierce was a beast today. He was a beast today. He was all over Flacco. Some of it may not even show up in the stat sheets, yep. but he was there. You mentioned Justin Matabike. He was phenomenal all game in the run game. And you could tell he was feeling it late in the game where he's pushing two guys yep. into Joe Flacco and getting the sack, which would eventually be called back because Brandon Stevens was called for illegal touching down the field. Uh, but it was, I mean, Justin Matabike was insane. And then you had the beautiful play on the screen play uh, to Michael Carter where Broderick Washington, again, another play that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. Broderick Washington is literally driving his blocker into Michael Carter's way, forcing him to cut back inside and slow down where Justin Matabike comes from behind and just completely, completely knocks his lights out and, and, and gets <laughs> to the play. For no game. Like this defensive line was in sync. You touched on Calais Campbell. He was a beast today. This again, Un unstoppable, unstoppable. And when he when they now or never, it was definitely look, now or never, and they did it. And and, and I want to add what you mentioned in Calais. It, when he wasn't in, you could see the difference. The running game for the Jets became more effective when he was not in. 
and it was less effective when he came in. He was unstoppable today. Yeah. No, Calais was in the Calais was great. Justin Houston was great. I thought uh, I kept saying all week that Adafi Owe had to get two sacks. Well, I guess Justin Houston took it upon himself to be that guy to go out there and do it. He was phenomenal. I just I just thought that this was exactly what you wanted to see from the Ravens defense week one against an inferior opponent um, to go out there and flat out dominate. And I think that's exactly what they did. I agree. Um, on the linebacker side, I thought Patrick Queen had a really good oh, yeah, game as definitely. well. Um, you know, he looks good for, for year three so far. And again, like you said, this is, you know, uh, an inferior opponent. So you don't want to overdo it, right? You don't want to go too far in terms of like how you see these individual players play. But I think you do have to give credit where credit is due. Queen looked fast. Queen was ready to make plays. He made some crucial plays, was at the line of scrimmage, or run plays, was in pass situations, and he did really well. And I think we have to we have to acknowledge that. Oh, yeah. And I've been saying all along, Queen is at his best when you're able to when when he's able to play downhill, when he's able to blitz and play in the other team's backfield. And that's what you saw today. You saw him fast on the blitzes. He's he's forcing running backs to go another way. He's putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he had the one play where he's rushing off the edge and he completely blows up Michael Carter, who's there in yep. pass pro, blows <laughs> him up and gets the flacco. It, it was it was just a great play of effort and will. And, you know, I can't say enough about the way that uh, Queen played, the again, the defensive line and to the secondary, Marcus Williams. I mean, you, you couldn't really ask for much more of a debut from uh, your top free agent. Uh, 12 tackles. He also had the interception. Um, this dude was all around. He, he was all over the place. He was all Everywhere. over the place. And, and I think I think he definitely um, gave this defense, gave this back end of this defense something that they were missing. And that's without Marcus Peters out there. I thought yep. Brandon Stevens played really well today. His size definitely gave the Jets a problem. He's a lengthy guy out there. He's a safety uh, coming out of college. He played a little corner as well, but. His size is not typical corner size. Um, so I, I'm not saying he's 6'6 or anything. I think he's only like 6'2, but he he plays bigger than he is, and he already has nice length. So I thought he played pretty well today on the perimeter. Um, obviously, losing Kendall uh Kyle Fuller today isn't necessarily great. I have I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I was high on Kyle Fuller the entire you and I, we because were both I was critical on him. We were yeah. both critical on Kyle Fuller. I was actually a little surprised that Kyle Fuller made the team, but uh you know I know they had a they wanted to have some depth, but you know obviously you don't want to see that type of injury happen right. to one of your guys. Right. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean uh it looked like today he played pretty well, gave up a few underneath catches, but nothing, you know, groundbreaking, nothing to really hurt the team, uh, anything specifically. So yeah, that's, you know, that's a, that's a key loss right there because um, if nothing else, it hurts your depth. And yeah, you got Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis, but Jalen Armour Davis is a guy himself who has struggled with injury. So, you know, thankfully he was able to get through the game today, but yeah, man, I I, I don't think you can ask so much more from this Ravens secondary. Obviously it is the Jets again, um, I'm not going to dress it up like they went out there and shut down one of the top offenses in the league. They didn't. Um, <laughs> right. Michael Carter gave them problems. They yeah. struggled to stop the run 
uh, yep. quite often today if we want to get a little bit on the flip side. I mean, Michael Carter averaging six yards a pop. That's not ideal. Um, but I, I thought overall they played they played pretty good. Uh, they made tackles when they had to. A couple of the o- open field tackles, you had some issues with tackling here and there simply, I think, because it was week one. But everybody, I feel like, contributed. Chuck Clark gets the punch out uh, on the fumble and Marlon yes. Humphrey comes and recovers it. I just felt like everybody that really played big-time snaps on the defensive side of the ball contributed to today's win. I agree. And, you know, you have to handedly beat people and beat teams that you're supposed to beat. And on defense, they definitely did that. Three sacks, one interception, 12 yards for a loss uh, for this defense. And, uh, again, outside of Carter, like you already mentioned, you know, they were pretty stout in the run game uh, for the most part. And um, they did what they had to do to the point, Cordell, that Jets fans started chanting for Mike Mike White, yeah. uh, the backup quarterback, which everybody yeah. knows that the backup quarterback is the favorite in most towns. <laughs> so and, and, and they got the backup out there right now. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> so they, they they booing the, the the now backup turned starter for the new backup. Look, Joe, and it says three tacks, but honestly, it felt like way more. Joe was under duress pretty yeah. much the entire game. That defensive line was phenomenal. And I think that we have to give more credit to that. Kyle Hamilton, that baby can't tackle, Cordell. Yeah. It's, a, it's a struggle for him to tackle right <laughs> now. Um, Still, a lot of the arm tackles, a yes. lot of just diving out there, just hoping to te- uh, touch somebody's leg. or so. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what's going on with Kyle Hamilton. I, I don't. Um, wasn't do, you think it's a, do you think it's a mental thing? Do you think it's, you know, just him getting jitters of being a rookie? Like, do you think it's something that he could potentially work through? Because this has been something that we've noticed since the preseason that he's been doing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm, that's, look, I, I, it's, it's tough because I don't want to ignore what I'm seeing, but at the same time, I don't want to overreact. Um, and I think you get to a point where, when you've seen something often enough, it becomes who they are. Now, on the flip side, we could take it the other way. I know we're not talking about the offense just yet, but and just using Kyle Hamilton as, a, as an example, you can look at a guy like Isaiah Likely, who has been phenomenal and was a complete no-show. Oh, and, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about right, that right. on the next so, segment. <laughs> I, just, I just bring that up to say that it's while Kyle Hamilton has looked like this a lot, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is who he's going to be just yet. Um, you know, because he could look great all the way up to this point and then you get here and then it's like, you know, what's going on. So I, I think it's just a lot of inconsistencies with Kyle Hamilton. I think some of his bad habits are tough to shake right now. Um, he's got to get a level of consistency. They let him play a lot today. They definitely they left did. him out there. Um, he was on the field a lot. So that's a good thing. He's doing something unless they're just like, look, you're a first round pick. We're going to get, we're going to get something out of you, whether we got to leave you out there until you literally do something or whatever, but we got to get something from you. Um, I, I'm hoping that yeah. it gets better, but I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking, it's not looking too great for Kyle Hamilton. 
Yeah, I, I, hopefully, you know, the reps will help him a little bit more and hopefully Harbaugh can talk to him and make him do some uh, tackling drills because he needs a little bit more help in that regard. Uh, defense, like you said, in terms of the secondary, did not have Marcus Peters today. And although the loss of Fuller hurts, hopefully bringing back Marcus Peters helps greatly um, to solidify that secondary to make sure that they stay on beat with each other. Um, so... Yeah, great defensive effort from the Ravens. Did what they were supposed to do. I love how, uh, you know, I would love to hear from the the young um, lineman that said that Calais Campbell was just the guy. Because he reminded yeah. everybody he, that he ain't nobody's guy. Okay? No, no Calais Campbell is far from just a guy. Uh, this a is just a guy that's been a perennial pro bowler for a large part of his career. This is a just a guy who has been an, an all-pro in this league, uh, he's looked at as one of the, the veteran guys, not only on the Ravens, but in the NFL guys, you know, care about what Calais has to say. So that was foolish um, to say. And just another note for this Ravens defense, they were incredible today on third downs. At one point, the Jets were 0 for 8 uh, on third downs in this game. They finished this game 2 for 14. Uh, on third downs, three for four on third on fourth down, which isn't great uh, for the Ravens. But, but to be fair, it, that was in garbage time. Like, right, like, let's right. be honest here. That was right. in That's what I was about time. to say. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely in garbage time, uh, where they're just trying not to get up, give up anything over their heads. But yeah, once the when the game was you know was still within reach, when these guys were really still playing their regular defense, uh, they 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 did an incredible job. I thought on on third down and being able to get pressure when they needed to. Completely agree. All right, guys, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, please make sure that you subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. Okay, offense. All right, now they started off a little slow, Cordell, mm-hmm. uh, a little, little slow. And then, you know, they finally opened up some things. And, and, and early on, you know, you could see that the Jets, what they were trying to do was force them to throw. They had a single high safety for the most part, and they had nine, sometimes 10 guys in the box, basically saying, yeah, we dare you, okay? And at first, they Lamar didn't bite for whatever reason, and then, you know, come out in the half, and they finally found their flow and challenged that defense and started going down the field. Um, <laughs> one of my, my favorite things that we do on Twitter is we overreact to everything, and um, what I noticed was, uh, so if you remember correctly, it was a timeout called in the first drive for the Ravens. And everybody was upset. Oh, clock management, Harbaugh is really bad at that. I just want everybody to understand that the Harbaugh had to call that timeout because the linebacker shifted at the very last second and Lamar didn't see him. And if Lamar would have uh, snapped that ball, he was going to get blown up. Oh, you're talking about on the uh, fourth down. Yes. And it might not, yeah. it might not have been, it might not have been good. So yeah. that was a very smart time. I just want to, I just want to be clear. That was a smart timeout by John Harbaugh. I know that he is sometimes struggles with clock management, but that was the right call that moment. All right, back to the offense. So what, what did you see? Because I feel like it was a tale of two halves. They was a little rusty in the first half. The second half, they they got their their stuff together. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, uh, you know, a different offense in the second half. Look, uh, it's for, it's week one, you know, and right. this is an offense that didn't play at all during the preseason. They're rusty. Yep. 
a lot, you know, a couple of these guys haven't played in longer than that. Lamar, you remember, got hurt and missed the tail end of last season. So it's been a while for him uh, on the field. And I think what you saw initially was this offensive line not really getting any type of foot, uh, any type of push. And really, I don't think they got much of a push at all in the run game today. Uh, Ravens with only 63 total rushing yards in the game today. The running game was non-existent. It looked a lot like the running game that I saw last year. Mike Davis, I mean, <laughs> he was barely even out there. Uh, only had two carries. Kenyon Drake was, you know, was the only guy to really give you anything. Exactly. But even he wasn't really doing much of anything. 11 carries, 31 yards. That's less than three yards a carry. Um, I'd have liked to see more just. Justice Hill. It was a screenplay to Kenyon Drake at one point that he got a pretty decent gain on. But I'm looking and I'm like, man, if that's Justice Hill, that might that might get you an extra 10, 15 yards. So I, I would have liked to see them ride with him a little more. Uh, but Kenyon Drake, I guess, gave them enough to make the running game respectable. But like I said, when you're used when when you're the Ravens, you have a certain standard when it comes to the rushing attack, and it's clear they're not there just yet. It's I, I think. This whole notion that the Ravens can just put anybody in the backfield and run the ball. If it wasn't, you know, debunked last season, it should be debunked now. And this Jets front is good. We said that going into this game. It may be the strength of their team, this defensive front. And they showed why today. Quentin Williams, he was a beast to deal with at times. Um, they 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 had their moments to where they put a ton of pressure on Lamar. Obviously, Jawan James getting hurt, tearing his Achilles is is not great um, at all yeah you know Jawan James this is kind of part of why uh people have felt the way they felt about him because he's a huge injury risk um he's barely played within the last what two or three years I think he has only played three games today was his third game in three years I believe yes um, and so you know it, obviously it wasn't ideal for him to uh get hurt uh but Patrick McCarry comes in and I think that the you could see it in the second half. Uh, Lamar had a little more time in the backfield. I'm not putting it all on Jawan James, but just something happened. Something happened to where the offensive line was able to give him a little more time than before. Uh, I think a mixture of it could have been Lamar holding the ball a little too long. It, I think it took him a little bit to get in this rhythm. One thing about Lamar is this. I, I think he's a hell of a player. He's incredible. It's only one Lamar Jackson. But I think at times Lamar gets a little lazy and the film is not going to lie. And, and you see it when, when Lamar's mechanics are on point, when he's actually stepping up and planting his foot and throwing the ball through with a fluid motion, it's really good. But when he gets, and I, I know he can do the sidearm throws. It's great. He got the different arm angles. I love it, but I don't love it all the time. And he has his moments where he just tries to flick it out there and it's not a good ball. It's and it's some the announcer uh, even talked about it at one point. It's the layups. He had a bubble screen to Demarcus Robinson that he throws at his feet. It's yes. like that's a layup right there. You got to get him the ball, put it on him, so he could turn up the field and make something happen. I think he tries to get a little too cute sometimes, and it ends up costing them. Um, and it may not turn in that. It may not cost them in a sense of it's a turnover, but it cost them in a sense to where. It's, it takes them off schedule. This Ravens offense is, is key to stay on schedule with them. That's why they are really good at running the ball the way they do because they always manage to get these short – 
uh, these third and short situations. Um, yes. So again, staying on schedule is key for them. And I think if Lamar becomes a little more consistent with his mechanics, that will go a long way in the grand scheme of things. But on the good side, obviously, the offense explodes in the second half. You get the big play down the field to Rashad Bateman. Uh, they started sprinkling in Mark Andrews a little more in the second half. The Marcus Robinson was out there a lot today, uh, and he wasn't out there for the guy that I thought he'd be out there for, but I figured we'd see a lot of Demarcus Robinson. But, uh, but Devin Duvernay, I mean, two touchdowns, two really nice touchdown catches too. Uh, one thing about him, I don't think you could question his hands. It's never I've had my questions about Devin Duvernay as a full-time receiver, but never once did I mention him not having hands. I've seen it. We've seen in the past, this dude has made some incredible touchdown catches and he did it again today with the two. Um, I just I just thought that this Ravens team is it's just same old, same old. It's never pretty. They're not going it, to, it's never going to look appealing to the eye, but they just find a way to just wear you down and you look up and the Ravens have almost 30 points on you and they have a double digit lead. Yep. And I agree. I want to go back to something that you said about Lamar. I think that when you are a talented player like Lamar, laziness is something to be expected. I, I know that that sounds crazy. I think sometimes when you are when you have a skill that comes to you naturally that other people don't possess, sometimes you do slack a little bit. I right. think that, and I, so I agree with you on that. But you know, something he was flat-footed at times. He was erratic in terms of throwing at times. Mm -hmm. But then finally, when he got into a zone, he really got into a zone, and that was good to see, particularly in the second half. And while I know people do not like Greg Roman, I know they're not a fan. Shout out to him though for what he, him calling the plays that he did, mm -hmm. particularly yep. um, the first touchdown. I'm sorry, the second the second drive of touchdown to DuVernay, that was a really good drive and, and play calling by Greg Roman. And his concepts, actually, the second um, touchdown of DuVernay, he uh, put it in a situation where he had Mark Andrews, um, he had two guys following Mark Andrews, which yeah. allowed DuVernay to get open the way that they did. And and so that is good scheme. That's, that's a good scheme. You got to shout him out. But Lamar was also in sync with what the scheme was. So that's what made it great. I agree that, you know, when you don't play in the preseason, the first game, honestly, it, it's kind of like a preseason game. You got to get the jitters out. You got to get, you still got to work on the, the little things because, yeah, it's cool when you play against your teammates in practice, but it's not the same thing as live action. I think we can all agree on that part of it. So it doesn't, it didn't shock me that they came off a little rusty. Um, but I, I expected them to change that in the second half in which they did. I do worry about this run game, though, Cordell, because I don't understand how how this is going to be. And even when J.K. Dobbins gets back, Tyler Lindenbaum, and I think that he has, you know, all the potential in the world. And look, he played against Quentin Williams, which that's no easy feat either. But man, he had a day to day. He had some good moments, but he was getting pushed back. <laughs> so you add that to the run game and I, I, or the lack thereof and once again it feels like we have to rely on Lamar to get the ball going on the on the ground yeah I mean it got to the point where I said okay Lamar you got to do something because the offense have become too stagnant and the Ravens if they have they they're not the team where the pass sets up the run 
it's the vice versa. Um, so when the run game is stalling out, that's when you can kind of hang around with them. And that's what was going on for a while. Um, I thought it was great. Obviously, it looked like Lamar was reluctant to run. Um, maybe they had, a, I think they had a spy on him a couple of times. It was at least one play vividly I remember of him dropping back to pass. And the the end rusher just, he just didn't even rush. He just stood straight up. He's just standing there. He's just mirroring Lamar. Um, so I think they did a couple of different things to try to bottle Lamar up to keep him from really hitting the outside, really breaking the defense open. Um, and in the second half, I think you saw Lamar kind of play to, play to that a little bit. Guys are busy watching him and letting receivers get behind him. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the offense had their good moments, had some down moments. Isaiah Likely, I hinted on him a little earlier. You would have liked to see him get a catch. Uh, that would have been a good start uh, for sure. Obviously, this has been a guy who's been a stud all preseason, all training camp for the Ravens, but he comes to his first game and he gets four targets and zero catches, and not all of them were his fault. Some of them were bad passes from Lamar. At least two of them were right at his feet, uh, but he had the one on the outside where he dropped, and yeah, he and Andrews were in the same area, but that ball hit his hands. It's a play he can make. I'd like to see him make it. It was on third down, too. That's a catch and turn up the field. That's an easy first down. So I didn't think it was Isaiah Likely's best day, and he also had the holding uh, as well on the big play. So obviously he's a rookie, just kind of how I said about uh, Isaiah Likely, that I mean about uh, Kyle Hamilton, is that it's early. We can't. I don't want to go go out on a limb and really – um, blow this up to be something that's not. I think Isaiah Likely is going to be a really good player. But today was just a tough day for him. And I think, you know, it was a tough day for a lot of these guys to start the game. It was a, it was a tough beginning for some of these guys. But, you know, the guys with experience, they they knew how to wake up in the second half. They knew how to make the adjustments. You you get uh, through through the first early week one jitters and you're able to kind of keep it going. And I think that's what you saw from this Ravens offense. But Rashad Bateman, not the output you would have liked to see, but he did have the 55-yard touchdown catch. It wasn't the prettiest day in New York. It's week one. You got rain. It's September 11th out there. It's it's mucky. It's ugly. Uh, but the Ravens were able to get it done. And like I said earlier, that's their type of game, playing it as ugly as possible. And usually if it's like that, they're going to win. Yeah, I do think that the Isaiah Likely situation is very interesting because we did give him a lot of praise in training camp, and then he turns out pretty much flat and sour. That being said, it's one game. You know, you don't want to overreact like lots of us tend to do um, on week one. Again, as great as he did play in preseason, he didn't play with Lamar as well. So I think that that's something that we have to take into account. Uh, he only played with Lamar in training camp, but not against formidable defenses that weren't the Ravens. So while I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass today because he still is a rookie, and I think that we forget that a little bit because we had such high expectations because of the way that he had played in training camp. But at the end of the day, right, he's a rookie, and I just feel like we have to acknowledge that part. And, you know, it was first game. He probably had some jitters. You already acknowledged the fact that Lamar had some passes that weren't the best. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could have done, uh, Lamar didn't play a great part of that, but also he had some drop passes as well. Look, by week four, I would like to hope that he has this all figured out. Get these rookie jitters out your system fast because the schedule is not kind and they are going to need likely down the stretch. But overall, you know, luckily for the Ravens, they didn't need likely to step up in a big way because they had the offensive production from Devin DuVernay and then Mark Andrews, you know, doing what he always does. So, you know, hopefully he got that out the way because they are going to need him when it gets, when it's all said and done. No doubt about it. They're definitely going to need him. Uh, And I think he'll be there for them uh, as the season goes on. I think, you know, what happened today is it it was today. Uh, It's his first game. It's it's a small sample size. Um, I'm I'm not willing to overreact. I will say this though, and not even just on Isaiah Likely, but kind of to another guy that we really didn't see pretty much at all today, James Prochet. He's another one. It's like another year of the Ravens just doing whatever it takes to not get James Prochet on the field. He was out there at times, but yes. he doesn't have a target. You know, he he wasn't really involved at all today. And it's just kind of like sometimes I don't know what it is with him. There's something going on to where he'll have a great offseason. He'll have a great training camp every time. He did have the injury towards the back end of training camp, but he hasn't been on the injury report all week. So I have no reason to believe that anything with him is injury related. It's something going on to where they just don't trust this dude out there. They just don't. I don't. I can't explain it, but I'm telling you, in practice, all training is is wild. This dude is catching everything thrown at him, but he just cannot get on the field. Tylen Wallace got a target today over <laughs> him. So that, I mean, that, that kind of lets you know where he is. I thought about you when uh, Tylen Wallace got a cat, uh, well, a target because I was just like, you know, you had we talked about him in training camp and how mm-hmm. underwhelmed we were. And I, I do think that Prochet is better. Like you said, he was out there and he ran a couple routes a couple times, but ultimately he got no targets. One particular play, I thought that he did really good getting past the def- in between defenses. Uh, so I, I don't know what it is that he has to do to, to tell the team, to tell Greg Roman, John Harbaugh, or whoever, that he could be a, a, a key contributor. I don't even know if it's key contributor, but just a contributor to this football team, but I just feel like at some point, because they are so thin at the wide receiver position, he's going to be a, uh, have to step up regardless. So I, I think his time will come, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't understand why James Prochet is not um, even thought about, but yet somehow Tylon Wallace was right. thought about. <laughs> so, you know, that being said, week one, outside of the injury to Jawan James, uh, and, and of course, the lacking of the run game. Um, I think everything look, look, man, that one run that Lamar had at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is still going to do Lamar Jackson. Oh, thing. yeah, that third down, that third down escape yes. was cold. That, that, yes. was, that was cold because he yes. really was reluctant to get out of there. And it's just incredible footwork to evade the first guy. And he, 
I mean, he just he just has a way of just being Lamar. I mean, it's just Lamar, like you know. That's what I mean. Not not everybody can do some of the things he does. And right, I, I, I use the word with the Ravens all the time. It's efficient when it comes to this offense. That's the main. Yep. That's the key word. It's efficient. You see Lamar with three touchdowns today. You know, on seventeen completions. Like he, it's just efficiency. With them, yeah. and yes, it took them a while to get going. The running game at some point is going to have to pick up. I think they want to. They're. I think they're trying to limit Lamar and how how often he runs. As far as design quarterback runs, we didn't see many design quarterback runs today. And on most of the read option looks, Lamar handed it off. So. Right. It, it 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 looks like that that's really not in the game plan right now. At least it wasn't for today. But I, I think that uh, Lamar clearly shows he that when it, when he's ready to have this offense kind of get going a little bit, they can do it. And they've got some guys on the outside that can make plays. They're not going to be Pro Bowl receivers, maybe you know, but they got guys that can definitely make plays. Absolutely. And we saw that today with Duvernay. Like we, and we knew that he had the potential to do that, right? But I think because he plays special teams and he was an all pro there, people questioned how much time he was going to be able to play at wide receiver. But today kind of showed that, yes, there's, there's a place for him um, in this offense, in addition to what he does uh, in special teams as well. So I would love to see Prochet get involved more hopefully in situations where DuVernay is not available because I do think that he has the talent to do that. But again, this is just week one. So, you know, we, we have 16 more games to figure all of this out right. Well, for the Ravens to, to, to figure all of this out. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, before we go to our final topic, just make sure that you are listening to Winning Drive. Anywhere that you listen to your podcast, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. All right, Cordell. So let's do uh, game hats or game balls, per se. If Mm -hmm. you had to give three guys uh, the game balls for today's performance, who would you give your three guys to? Well, I'll, I'll get the easy one out the way with Lamar. Uh, mm-hmm. He has the three touchdown passes today. Obviously, the offense is centered around him. It's only going to go as far as he goes. And once he, I think once he started to settle down and actually see what was going on out there, um, the, the game started to change. Uh, and 
Lamar can clearly make every throw, even some of those incompletions where some of those passes are like, okay, the, you know, Lamar clearly can throw the ball. Um, we already talked about him being able to escape on that third down. It's just him being himself. Uh, it, it, once Lamar gets in that rhythm, this Ravens team is really tough to stop. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give my first game ball to Lamar. Uh, sticking with the offense, Devin Duvernay, I mean, you get two touchdowns, you definitely get a game ball, um, you know, it's going out there. And this is a dude that missed most of the preseason himself, um, or all of the preseason as far as, uh, as far as games, but even as far as an injury, you know, he missed a portion of training camp during that time. So going into his first year, first year is getting some of that full-time receiver rep, uh, a lot of question marks about this receiving group, but Devin Duvernay showed that they have some guys that can make some big plays and make some catches down the field. A big question after they traded Hollywood Brown was, do they have anybody to take the top off this defense? Yep. And Devin Duvernay showed that they do. Uh, Rashad yep. Bateman showed that they do. Uh, I think Demarcus Robinson has that ability as well, but Devin Duvernay definitely you know, did all you could ask for from him, four catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he definitely gets a game ball from me. Uh, this third one, oh, man, <laughs> I, it, it, it's tough. I probably I, – I'm not going to renege. You get two touchdowns, you get a game ball. I'm, I'm not going to renege. But I, I'm going to go with Marcus Williams. As as the other one, uh, I want to give it to Matabike. Matabike was a stud today, um, but I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Marcus Williams. He gets his first interception in his first game with the Ravens. Um, he was the big free agent signing on this team this year. I mean, he leaves them in tackles today. Uh, he gets the turnover. He he made his presence felt out there. He had a couple of hits. He was he was all over the place. So. Um, I was in, I was very much impressed with what I saw from Marcus Williams today. So he he can definitely get a game ball. So obviously, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that we probably would have picked a lot of the same people for game balls, right? So mm. I am going to try try to do something. I'm going to try to pick different guys. All right. Okay. And um, so I am going to say, first of all, I'm going to give the game ball to Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell is unstoppable. Uh, He literally changes how this defense plays when he is on the field. And he continued to show dominance today. So glad that he came back. I'm also going to give the game ball to Justin Houston. I thought that Justin Houston – Truly played well today. Should have had, uh, I think, what, two sacks. One got negated because of penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he he was all over the place today. Um, and I'm finally going to give one to Patrick Queen. I thought that Patrick Queen had a nice game today. And, look, this is no disrespect to uh, Matabuke and no disrespect to Michael Pierce, who, I mean, because really, honestly, I could have just said the whole defensive line. Yeah, the whole D-line, honestly. Yes, the whole defensive line played really well today, and all of those guys do deserve praise. And and so I I do want to say that those are honorable mentions for me because I do think that they all deserve to be, you know, acknowledged for how well they played today. But I think that Patrick Queen is a guy that, at times, it felt like that he – 
um, was losing a little bit of confidence. I mean, he, I think he's even alluded to that, that he had lost some confidence in the past. And then now he's had an opportunity to, you know, had an off season of work and he looked really strong. He, he looked mm-hmm. like, you know, he didn't look like he was lost. He, he was ready. He hit those holes when, when necessary, you know, he made the plays. And I hope that he can build on that and continue to, to have the confidence that, that he did have. I'm going to give one more ball. Okay. Give one to Mike McDaniel, Big Daniel. McDonald. Okay. I can't McDonald. say, I can't speak to, <laughs> I can't speak today. Mike McDonald. I want to call him Mike McDaniel so bad because it's two Mike McDonald's, but I want to give one to Mike McDonald because I thought that on his first game as defensive coordinator, he did a really good job coordinating these guys um, and, and having them prepared. Because I, although I understand that the Jets are, you know, they're, they're, they're not that good, I still felt like that their wide receiving group was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that they were at least going to have some situations where, where they would be involved. And um, it started on the defensive line, obviously, and then the secondary did their part as well um, and, and really shut everything down. So I, I, I think that a lot of that had to do with the schemes that Mike McDonald had. And I just think that it's fair to at least give him a game ball, too, because it was his first game. And mm-hmm. he did he did a very well job uh, scheming up against the Jets defense. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, I think I, it deserves I, it. Yeah, I don't dis- I don't disagree with any of them. And kind of going back to Patrick Queen, I-, I definitely thought that Patrick Queen played a hell of a game, hell of a game today. Um, he was all over the field. Um, you touched on it in the past. I honestly I think I'm I don't I definitely don't believe Patrick Queen has been his best over the years, but I also don't think he's been as bad as some people have made it seem. I think he's one right. of the more overly criticized players on this team, to be honest. Right. With you. Um, but he's finally, he had a really good game today. And I don't, I don't think that this is something that's out of the realm for him to be. I mean, this is a dude that has led the team in tackles, you know what I'm saying? He, he knows how to play football. He had three quarterback hits today. That that's the leader on this team, uh, today in quarterback hits. This dude was everywhere. He was in the backfield. Again, I told people that the Ravens pass rush would be a total team effort situation that the Ravens had 11 quarterback hits today, you know, and granted that's Joe Flacco back there. This is what's supposed to happen, but if they didn't do it, then we'd have a situation on our hands. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to give them credit for going out there and actually doing what they were supposed to. They look ferocious. Justin Matabike, all, you know, certain guys that we left off here, we might have to next week up it to like five game balls each <laughs> because you know, or, or maybe not, you know, or if it's a loss, maybe we'll figure figure something else out. But I, I do think it's a good uh, argument to be had that maybe we should expand our our number of uh, uh, of game ball awards that we give <laughs> out from maybe like three to five, maybe. Uh, but not every day is going to be like today where you have quite a few people that you can give it to. So, you know, maybe three will be fitting. But on a day like today, I, you, you you need maybe you know a li- a couple more to hand out because it's uh it was quite a few guys that pitched in on today's win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the good thing about that is is that like we have options, right? Like we said three, but honestly, three wasn't enough. We could have came up with like you said five. Could have came up with six. So many different people play parts today, and you know that that absolutely 
uh, is a good thing. That's a good sign. I mean, obviously, we knew that the Ravens were a better team than the Jets. Uh, they have the better player on the field in terms of Lamar Jackson. They have the more experienced coach. And then they have the, the, the defense that has a lot of experience because they've been, for the most part, lots of them been, have been together um, already. So that, that plays a part. But that's the momentum that you want, I think, coming into the season because now you have Miami coming up and Miami, you know, won uh, against the Patriots. And I know that I just mentioned the Patriots lost, but they still have Bill Belichick as their coach. Um, and we know how he can be. And then you still have the Buffalo Bills behind that. So, I, I, you know, my concern coming into the season was building momentum because there's no momentum built in the preseason because your starters aren't playing. Luckily for the Ravens, their first opponent was pretty much, a, you know, a practice of sorts. I mean, and, I, and that's not to be disrespectful to the Jets. Clearly, they're an NFL team like every, uh, you know, all the others. But I, I don't think I'm being, you know, out of realm or, or, or going too far when I'm saying, you know, okay, but they're not as good as other guys that are on the Ravens' schedule coming up this year. So it was good to play against the Jets in the first week so they could kind of work on some things and, and, and get the rust off that I felt like that they had because of, because of the lack of the preseason snaps. So good, it, it, I'm surprised that we have so many people that we can say, here's the game ball too, considering right. a lot of these guys didn't have many snaps or any snaps in the preseason. Oh yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, not a, you know, the Jets are, uh, I mean, they're the Jets. There's, right. there's no need to apologize for, you know, for them being the Jets. They did that to themselves. Uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, and that's kind of what I was saying. Thankfully, uh, it was a couple of other headlines, so to speak, kind of leading up to this Jets game outside of it just being a normal Ravens-Jets game. Obviously, it's week one. You got Flacco, Lamar stuff uh, yeah. carrying over really from – the offseason into training camp into the season, because even today you had the situation where the uh, couple different national reporters are reporting out that Lamar turned down, uh, you know, $160 million guaranteed from the uh, offer from the Ravens uh, as far as an extension, a uh, couple of different numbers out there. Ultimately Lamar was asked about it today. He said there was no truth to the, he said the ESPN report wasn't true. Well, um, but when you uh, but Josina Anderson ended up tweeting out later that uh, I'm sorry, Diana Rossini uh, ended up tweeting out later that uh, she talked to Lamar and he said that he actually turned down something between 160 to 180 million dollars guaranteed. So uh, it, it's, it's still a, it's a storyline that's carried over. And now every time Lamar goes out there and has a great game, you know, It'll be pay the man, and when he doesn't, it's, yep. this is why you don't pay him. So, you know, this story is really never ending right now, and it showed that uh, going yep. into week one how this just kind of just popped up again. Even when you thought you were done with it, you're never really done with it. And you already prefaced that, though. You mentioned that on a previous podcast that we've done that this is really how the season is going to go. Now, look, I'm going to be honest with you, Cordell. If the Ravens decide midseason that they want to give, they want to up the guaranteed money and Lamar is playing well, you can't tell me that Lamar is going to tell me that he's not willing to, to take that signing because 
he's in the season. So I, I think anything is possible. And, and I stand by that. If the if the offer increases and they and, and it's somewhere that Lamar feels comfortable with um, accepting, I don't care what it is. He's going to take. It can be the bye week for all I care. Oh yeah, I mean, he said he won't. He wouldn't be negotiating anymore. He didn't Come say on. he wouldn't be accepting. You know, right. so he's, he he he's done. He's done with the back and forth. At this right. point, it's either you you know you got it or you don't. That that's right. where we at now with it. You know he's got. He, I'm sure he can make time on his schedule to uh <laughs> to go sign off on a deal that's that he feels is worth it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. He he'll make some time for that. Um, but as far as like sitting down and having a conversation to see if they can, you know, to see if he's changed on his end, to see if he's willing to budge a little bit, that maybe he. You know that maybe he wasn't willing to budge as much a week or so ago. Then I, I think we're done with that. I, I I think we're done with the conversations. And at this point, it's either we're bringing out the pen and we're signing something, or we're not doing nothing at all. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole pay the man. Listen, I had people on my tw- in my Twitter mentions <laughs> literally oh, saying yeah. those I, same words. All yeah. Day. Oh, of course. Oh, I know how it goes. I, I know exactly how this is going to go. So that that's not even surprising. As soon as he threw the, the first touchdown pass, it's like, yep, price went up. Then another one. Right, particularly when you see uh, Kyler Murray struggling the way he right. did um, right. today uh, on Sunday against Kansas City. So you know, there's there's then, then there that comparison is going to start happening. But listen. You know, I, I the I don't think that this is over. I just think that for it's over for now. You know, for lack of better terms, fine. Let Lamar focus on the season. I think he got some rust off because in the first half he did look a little rusty. And to be mm-hmm. fair, and to be fair, the defense, um, excuse me, the offense was only given, only doing what the defense was giving them, and but not doing enough. And finally, you know, they found a way to open it up. And I, I even mentioned. You got to open it up against this defense because these this defense is playing tight up the box. So if they're going to disrespect you in that way, you need to go ahead and, and expose the disrespect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah, what happened. Yeah, it was definitely good to see Roman finally start to call some shot plays, especially that one yeah. abatement. Uh, Harms had even said that they were kind of, you know, waiting. They had shown the the Jets had shown that type of look a couple of yep. times, and they were just really trying to catch him, and they finally did. And and remember that they tried it previously that same play, and um, Bateman didn't get there um, to to the ball placement in time. And that's probably a pass that in the past, you know, I think that that's another thing Lamar has to adjust to, right? Because there's a different type of speed that Bateman has versus uh, Hollywood Brown, which, right. you know, probably would have gotten there quicker. But the second time they they made the, they did the exact same play. And that time Rashad Bateman connected uh, with Lamar. So I expect to see more of that this season. Bateman knows that he has to do that. And it was good to see the, the offense finally exposing the defense by you know saying oh okay this is what you're gonna do you're gonna single high safety me safety me and you gonna put all these guys in the box okay <laughs> I, I got <All> right. you <laughs> so that that's Easy. that's good to that's absolutely good to see so I shout out to all the guys that we put together and said got the game balls I think Cordell and I probably had the same amount of the same guys so I had to mix it up a little bit because <laughs> you know 
hey, man, certain guys did shine. But honestly, there were so many guys that we could have given game balls to that, you know, deserve to, to at least be in the conversation. And I think that that was fair for us to say. We will be back Wednesday for our next podcast. And, you know, obviously, Coach Harbaugh will be speaking to the media. We'll be getting some updates on Fuller. Um, obviously, we know that Juwan James is, is out for the season. Um, and hopefully, we'll get some, some good updates. Does J.K. Dobbins play? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. Marcus Peters play? You know, uh, what, what other guys could potentially be stepping up um, for week two against the Dolphins? So thank you guys so much for listening to Winning Drive. We will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.